0: Church, Charlotte. Bishop Helms, let's give it up to Jesus right now. Praise your name, Lord. Praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. My, I like what I feel in the house today. It feels good in here amen amen the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost is in this place moving in a strong and a mighty way what a phenomenal first service we had earlier this morning and uh, my and 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 right now uh, I can just feel the Spirit of God in this house and how about this band and these singers this worship today outstanding. Amen. Turn around. Give somebody a Holy Ghost high five and say, "Woo! I like what I feel." God bless you. You may be seated. Uh, I want to say what a privilege and an honor it is for Paula and I uh, to be here today. I always love having my sweetheart with me. (laughs) This uh, pretty girl uh, in in February, she will have been following me around for 52 years. (laughs) Bishop Helms, I didn't even think we were that old. Oh my goodness, I had a lady tell me, I think it was yesterday or day before, she gave me a senior discount. (laughs) I said, How did you know? You didn't even ask for my driver's license. (laughs) But I'm glad to have my sweetheart with me. And uh, and then your pastor, uh, Pastor Nathan Elms, Sister Charla, what. A fabulous pastor Amen. and wife you have. Amen. Phenomenal. Great preacher. They, they have a heart for God, a heart for others. Yes. Love God, love people, love this church, pour themselves into this great church, and what a great church your pastor is leading. Amen. Amen. Love them so much, I thank God just for their spirit, their attitude, their their faith. and then Bishop and Sister Elms, outstanding people of God, my, my my uh, We go back a year or two. I heard him call me old a while ago. As in old friend, and uh, that's true. You know, you can't make new old friends. <laughs> but uh, we go, we go way back, and uh, we were friends when neither one of us had two pennies to rub together. And uh, I, I think of that. And just uh, the, the way they have enriched our life, just their their friendship and fellowshipping with them through the years. We really started getting close in, uh, well, we preach for them in either 79 or 80. 1979, 1980. That's when we started getting close. Then we came out here in February of 91, or 81, I'm sorry, to pastor in Winston-Salem and started getting very close and just love them. And so what a great team you have. Pastor and Bishop, the Elms are outstanding folks and you need to thank God for them every day and pray for them every day. And then Pastor Nathan, who fills this pulpit every week, so ably and capably, what a great preacher uh, he is. And I just want to open my heart to you for a few moments this morning, and uh, I'm simply going to title this, Words Create Worlds, Words create worlds words are so powerful so powerful i want you to think about it what kind of words do you speak to your children what kind of words do you speak to your family dusty and ashley Love y'all. So glad to see y'all here. We pastored them. Y'all have them now, folks, but we pastored them for many years in West Monroe, Louisiana, and so glad they're here in this church. But, But what kind of words are you speaking? What kind of words do you speak to your spouse, to your children, to your grandchildren? Words create worlds. Right. And so what kind of world is your words creating? I want you to think about that. Words uh, have the power to inspire, to encourage, uh, to appreciate, to heal, to turn the Impossible into the possible. Yes. But I've got to understand that words also have the power to discourage, That's right. to lead to despair. Yeah and despondency and depression. Words are so powerful. Throughout history, words have transformed societies and peoples and relationships. Words have inspired us to put a man on the moon. Uh, Words have inspired us to see some advancement in racial equality. Words have helped us heal after our greatest tragedy. I'm declaring that that words can make a difference in your day. Words can make a difference in your family. Words can make a difference in your life, and that's why I get up every morning of my life uh, sticking my hands in the air and praising God, because words create worlds, and I want to create a world of praise and a world that God can live in. feel the power and the presence of the Almighty in this house. I love preaching in Charlotte. Love being a part of first church. But but words are that they can they can help pull you through or they can help defeat you. There's some of the most powerful things in the universe. Proverbs 18 and 21 powerful powerful scripture Death and life are in the power of the, I'm sorry, of the tongue. I want you to think about that. Proverbs 6 and 2, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Uh, Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Uh, So what are your words speaking? Yes, What are your words speaking to your family? What are your words speaking to your... I refuse to speak negativity into my family. I refuse to speak negativity into my life. Some time ago, I read a study. Now watch this close. It said optimistic, faith-filled people are generally happier, healthier, and wealthier than those that are not. Right. So, what I want to ask somebody today is, how are you leading yourself? Uh, you know, if you can't lead yourself, you're disqualified to lead anybody else. And so, before I lead my family, I've got to lead myself, I've got to manage myself, I've got to speak the right words to myself. Uh, who am I showing my family that I am? My God. So I says, well, well bishop, you don't understand. I don't have a family. I'm all alone. No, you're not. I challenge that thought. I challenge those words in your mind right now. Those are words from Satan and from the pit of hell because it doesn't matter if you have no spouse. It doesn't matter if you have no family. You are never alone. Hear me. Every day that you get up, God is right there beside you. Every night when you lay your head down to rest, God is right there beside you. You you are not alone. Start speaking the right words to yourself. Amen. Woo. You, Amen. Woo. Right. Yeah. Leading myself can sometimes become my greatest problem. Proverbs chapter 15 and one says a soft answer turns away wrath. Watch this close. But harsh words stir up anger. What kind of wor- uh, world are your words uh, creating? I was, we, we were, had been married, I don't know, maybe three or four years our oldest boy was six weeks old. He's, he's uh, 48 now, so it's been quite some time ago. He was six weeks old, and we lived in a little house So I was assisting my dad, a little house next door to the church, and uh, Paula had put him to bed, and then later she went to bed. And I was sitting there reading a great book, and I was sitting on a couch that had one leg and three bricks. <laughs> Anybody relate? Anybody had a couch like that? <laughs> I was I was reading that book, and the book was titled "Believe," and the book had gripped me. And the book said that the man that was that was writing the book said, "This is the way I get up. When I go to bed at night, I set my alarm for early the next morning." He said, "When the alarm goes off, I slap the alarm." I throw the covers back, I leap out of bed, and as soon as my feet hit the floor, I throw both arms straight up in the air as high as I can, and I scream at the top of my lungs three times, and he said i'm saying i believe in god and i believe this is the day the lord has made and i believe god is going to be with me this day and i got all fired up and i said man i like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this in the morning i walked into that darkened bedroom set the alarm went to bed with a plan for the next morning, but one drastic mistake. I forgot to tell Paula. She's sitting right over there. So early the next morning, the alarm went off, and I remembered. I slapped the alarm. I threw the covers back. Uh, I leaped out of bed and as soon as my feet, Brother Dixon, as soon as my feet hit the floor, I raised my through my hands in there as high as I could, and I screamed at the top of my lungs, I believe. And I just barely got the ah out of the next eye. And that's as far as I got. Two more feet hit the floor. A little hand grabbed my arm and pulled me around. And she looked at me and she said, I don't know what you believe, but I know you're gonna wake our boy up if you don't shut up. (laughs) And, folks, I looked deep into those pretty brown eyes and I saw a world that I did not want my words to create. <laughs> now, God set the tone and gave us the example of the creative of words he gave us the example the word of God is creative and he showed us that our words are creative and watch this beginning with the third verse of the Bible Genesis 1 and 3, watch close. And God said, look at somebody saying, God said, God. watch this close. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Amen. And God said, and there was. All right, verse, he didn't stop there. Verse six, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Verse nine, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Somebody say it was so. so. Verse 14, and God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Verse 20, and God said, said let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that hath life uh, and then verse 24 and god said let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind cattle and creeping thing and the beast of the earth after his kind and it was so And God said, and it was so. And God was teaching you and me the power of creative words and that your words will create the worlds in which you live. And so you got to be careful what words you're speaking. Look at uh, Hebrews 11 and 3. The New Testament talks about it. Through faith... We understand, watch this close, that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Words are creative. Words create worlds. What kind of worlds are your words creating? King David of the Bible Knew the power of words and he refused to let his thoughts and his words create a negative world for him to live. Watch what he said in verse 19 of Psalm, or chapter 19 and verse 14 of Psalm. He said, Let the words, somebody say the words, somebody say the words of my mouth let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. That's your thoughts. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Watch close. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. He said, let my words be acceptable in your sight. And then he went ahead and he spoke positive, faith-filled words. He said, you're my Lord. You're my strength and you're my redeemer. If Every day I say, you're my Lord, you're my strength, and you're my Redeemer. It doesn't matter what the devil says. It doesn't matter what mom or daddy says. It doesn't matter what some negative friend says. He is my strength. He is my Lord, and he is my Redeemer. I feel faith rising in this house right now. I'm preaching to somebody today. I'm helping somebody. The Word of God is helping somebody in this house today. Jesus said in Matthew 12 and 37, for by thy words... Thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Notice he said it's according to your words whether it's going to be good or whether it's going to be bad. It's according to what you speak. Psychologists tell us that we have two main memory files in our brain. There's a failure file that records every shortcoming, every time we didn't make it, every time we failed, every time we didn't measure up, every time we, we let ourselves down, we let God down, we let somebody else down. But on the flip side of that, there is another memory file that is a success file and it records every time we did make it yes. every time we did win yes. every time good things happened and here's what they say the the psychologist said that your outlook on life and your life is dependent on which file cabinet you go back to. Yeah. Is anybody hearing me? That's why the windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror is it's time to quit living in your past. If you always continually look in the rearview mirror, your life is going to crash. But if you get out of the past, if you forget the past, and you begin to look through the windshield to where I'm going, and you say, I'm going with God, and I'm going somewhere good, and God's got good things for me, good things are getting ready to happen for you. I'm preaching to somebody Quit speaking negativity. Quit speaking in fear. Are you hearing me? Start speaking in faith. Uh, Start speaking in belief. My, My dad was a church planter in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was just a little boy. He worked for Given Brothers Shoe Store, Given His Brother's Shoe Store downtown Albuquerque. He was going to work, and m- mother and me were in the front yard, and mom was teaching me how to ride bike. And she was it was a it was a used bike, it was an old bike, but they'd got it for me, and and she was pushing me on that bike and holding me up. Uh, Bishop Elms, I don't think they even had training wheels back then am I really that old? <laughs> but she was pushing me along, and we were carrying on a conversation, and, and we were talking, and I was talking, and, and mom was responding, and then she quit responding. And I was riding along, and I'd ask her a question, and she didn't say anything. I said, Mom? Mom? She didn't say anything. And I swiveled my head around and looked back, and she was way back there. And I was riding that bike. And I was so happy, I'm riding my bike. And about that time, I crashed headlong into a tree, a big old tree. And I cried, and she took me inside, and she patched me up. But let me tell you something. When my grandbabies are at my house, And they say, Poppy, let's ride our bikes around the lake. I don't access that failure file go back and say no I remember crashing into a tree I can't ride a bike no 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 I remember the success file before I crashed into that tree I was riding that bike and I'm not gonna let that tree crash stop me from riding with my grandbabies and I get on that bike and ride I'm preaching to somebody it's time to quit living in the past I'm talking to somebody right now God has you God's gonna to keep you and God's going to see you through. I'm preaching to somebody you're God's child. He knows exactly where you are. He knows what's going on in your life and it's time to start looking to him and start speaking faith filled words. Our youngest boy Jeremy was about seven probably somewhere in that neighborhood. We were pastoring in Winston-Salem, and I was at the church, or I was teaching a Bible study. I was gone somewhere, and Paula was baking a cake, and she was having a little struggle. And uh, then she realized, to go along with the little struggle she was already having, that she forgot a major ingredient for that cake. She forgot to buy it at the store. She didn't know that Jeremy had slipped into the den. We, we had first lived in a little trailer that had bullet holes in it. It wasn't a mobile home, folks, it was a trailer. And uh, we were now, we had sold that trailer and moved into a, a nice uh, 1700, 1800 square foot house and Jeremy had slipped into the den and he was playing and Paula was over there in the kitchen and she was frustrated and when she realized she'd forgot that, She threw her hands up. She said, oh, I quit. And she heard Jeremy say, mother, mother. And she turned around, and he was doing this. And she said, what do you want, Jeremy? He said, mother, remember, don't ever forget, fosters never quit. And when I came home that day and Paula told me that story, I said, yes, our words are creating a world that our kids are catching. I'm telling you, your words can create a world for your family to live in that's gonna be positive and faith-filled and full of God and full of good things. Oh, bad things happen every day. Do bad things happen in my life? Yes, they do, but I'm forging ahead With God, I know God's got me, Bishop, and I know God's going to keep me. God's got you. Faith is building in somebody's life right now. Right now. It was from the dark dilemma of prison that Paul and Silas strategically chose to pray at midnight. They prayed, the Bible says, and sang praises. Now, who among us uh, would want to pray and sing praises uh, at midnight in prison? But this is what Paul and Silas did. And you know what happened? God sent uh, an earthquake uh, and set uh, them free. I'm preaching to somebody that faith-filled words uh, and faith-filled attitudes can help produce our greatest victories from the valleys uh, of our most terrible disappointment. They were singing one of my favorite songs here today. I loved all the songs they were singing. But in 2004, probably October, November, I got a phone call. And it was from my doctor. And he said, Mark, he said... Can you just come to the office and park around back and come in the back door? We'll have it open and and somebody will be there to take you to my office. And I knew the news was not good and I called Paula and she met me there. We walked in and Brad came in and he sat down, the doctor, and he, he said, uh, Mark, I'm sorry to tell you, but the tests say you have cancer. And he began to give me some options. And... Uh, So uh, four days later, wanting to keep my priorities right, knowing I had cancer and wanting to keep my priorities right, I was in the Mississippi deer woods putting up deer stands. Man's got to keep his priorities right. And I fell out of one of those. 14 feet and crush my right heel. I've got a plate and eight screws in that right heel. So they immediately... They said, it's going to be three months before you're going to be back on your feet. So they just put my cancer treatment on hold till I got back on my feet. Our bedrooms were all upstairs. And so I couldn't go downstairs. And I'm I'm upstairs. And Paula is bringing everything to me. She's waiting on me hand and foot. And when I finally get to where I can get around and get downstairs uh, on crutches, I'm watching her slide down the stairs, sitting down, slide. I said, Paula, what is going on? She said, Mark, I don't... Don't know. My body is racked with pain, and I didn't want to tell you about it. And I said, we got to do something. So we went to this doctor, and we went to that doctor, and we finally wound up, and at the same time, I'm battling the cancer, we finally wound up in Shreveport, uh, Louisiana. We were pastoring in West Monroe at the time, Louisiana. And, and uh, we were at a rheumatologist, and he came in, And he said, all the tests come back and say that you have rheumatoid arthritis. And it was like somebody kicked me in the stomach. I, I I knew a boy when I was young and going to church, whose mother was a young mother and and she had rheumatoid arthritis and she she they would bring her to church and have to help her out of the car and her hands were twisted and gnarled and she wore house shoes and could barely get around and then Paula grew up with a girl that that uh, had terrible rheumatoid arthritis and 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 it just hammered me and they said the the best we can hope for we think we may be Able to arrest it. We're going to give you this medicine. We're hoping this medicine will arrest it right where it is. There's no cure for it, but if we can just arrest it, then then you'll be able to live a good life. And so, for two or three years, she took that medicine, and. she One day I came, we'd been back to Shreveport every six months to do the testing again, get her prescription, and uh, we went back to Shreveport. We'd come back home, and I came in, and she said, Mark, I'm not getting that prescription filled. I said, why? She said, they've got a new side effect. She reads all this stuff. I don't read anything. She just gives me medicine. I take it. She could poison me if she wanted to. But but she reads everything. And so so she said, one of the new side effects is that your hair will fall out. And she said, my hair's already been doing it. She said, it, I, I'm, I, I'm combing it out by the brush full in big clumps. So she said, I believe that God is going to heal me from rheumatoid arthritis. I know they say there is no cure, but I know my God is a healer, and I believe he's going to heal me. Yeah. I said, all right, I believe with you. And so she filed that, uh, that, that recipe or that uh, prescription. And uh, six months later, we went back. They ran all the tests. Nurse practitioner or the the physician's assistant came in and said, "Uh, good news, Paula. The tests say no rheumatoid. She raises her hands right there in the office and praises God. Said, praise God. And the lady said, here's your new prescription. The prescription is working. Paula said, thank you very much. She took it home and she filed it and didn't, didn't take it. Six months later, we go back. And the same thing, no rheumatoid. She praises God again. They give her the prescription. She says, thank you. She takes it home and files it. Six months later, we go back. And they come in and say, Paula, it's good news again. All the tests say no rheumatoid. And here's your new prescription. This prescription is working to perfection. And Paula said, stop right there. Said, I don't need that prescription. I'm not going to take it. She said, it's been 18 months since I've taken that prescription. And my God has healed me in the mighty name of Jesus. And the girl said, "Oh my, oh my, oh my!" And and she said, "Hang on, I, I got to go talk to the doctor." And she went out. And the doctor came in, and he said, uh, th- "This this has never happened. Th- this 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 is an incurable disease." He said, uh, "We've got to run you through every test uh, that we've ever run you through, not just the ones we do every six months." So she said, "Okay." They ran her through every test, uh, and the doctor and and the physician's assistant uh, said, "We don't." understand it we've never seen anything like it but every test comes back uh, no rheumatoid and said your bone marrow test your bone density test i should say your bone density test shows that you got better bone density than you've ever had and she threw her hands up i'm preaching to somebody my god's a healer i'm preaching to somebody god knows where you are i'm preaching to somebody. Faith is rising in this house. God knows your situation. He knows your dilemma. And he's ready to do something for you today. Words create worlds. And then we back up a few years because she'd been taking that two or three years. Well, actually, we, we fast forward. Because now I've been treated for cancer for six years. And the doctor calls from Atlanta. And he said, Mark, he said, "Uh, we don't have good news. He said, we've been testing you for six years now after the treatment. And he said, although it's knocked the cancer way down, there's still cancer in your body. He said, so... You're in the 5% that the treatment didn't work on. 95% success rate. I could have said, why me? I could have said, this always happens to me. Bad things always have 95% success rate and I'm in the 5%. Where are you, God? Jesus. Amen. But I didn't say that. He said, "Here's what I want you to do. The, the Atlanta's a lot further, so MD Anderson in Houston. Go to MD Anderson. We're gonna we're gonna set that up for you. I want you to go every three months, and and they'll run tests. Uh, and And it may take a year or two, but the, but it's going to it, it, it'll finally show back up. Uh, three years later, it showed up." and uh, I didn't like the, the thing that the options they gave me were absolutely terrible and I asked the doctor I said I said how long can I take I need to study this I need, I may come back but I need to find some better options I said how long can I study this and, and and still be okay before I get treated and they said uh he said I wouldn't take over 90 days I said thank you doctor for the next 90 days I studied I, I joined forums I I operated on on medical forums. I I talked to doctors in 10 different states. We traveled to another state to talk to a, a doctor. And I finally wound up at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota and we got up there, they felt like they were going to to, to to be able to get this, so we got up there, and then in the middle of it all, before the treatment, they ran me through all the tests again, and all kind of other tests, and they said, there is a spot on your hip bone, and there is a spot on a lymph node. We gotta stop everything, and we've gotta do a lymph node biopsy and a, and a bone biopsy on your hip, and then you gotta go home. It's gonna take a few days to figure out the hip. And so so we flew back home. Three days later, they called and said, Mr. Foster, there's no cancer in your hip bone and there's no cancer in your lymph node. If you can fly back up here, we'll go ahead with the treatment. And so we went ahead with the treatment. Now, during all that time, during that time, during that year of 2014, I was, I was believing God. Proverbs sixteen twenty four: pleasant words are as a honeycomb sweet to the soul and health to the bones. Yes. Um, we're, we're, we're believing God. Uh, Isaiah 43 and 2. When thou passest through the waters, I'm claiming this, okay? When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Is anybody hearing me? No. <laughs> Praise God. And then, and then, my key scripture during this time, my motto during this time Psalm 118 and 17, they sung it this morning. I I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. My theme song in 2014 was In the Name of Jesus. I will live, I will not die. The resurrection power of Christ alive in me, and I am free in Jesus' name. I will live, I will not die. I will declare and lift you high. Christ revealed, and I am healed in Jesus' name. God is fighting for us, uh, pushing back the darkness. Is anybody hearing me preach? Uh, God knows exactly where you are, and God's ready for you to step out on faith. God's ready for you to throw your hands up and scream, I believe. God's ready to fill you with the Holy Spirit today. God's ready to heal your body, save your marriage, uh, Bless your family. He's in this place. Words create worlds. And in 2015, for the first time in 11 years, I heard the words of you are cancer free, and it's been that way ever since. Uh, I test once a year, and every year it's been, you are cancer free. It's time for somebody to believe again. It's time for somebody to dream again. Don't quit, don't give up, but get up and say, I'm going again. Change the way you look at things, and the things around you are going to change. Our musicians are coming right now. Woo! Let's everybody stand. Go ahead, lift him up, magnify him. Somebody's speaking faith filled words right now. Words create worlds. Proverbs 15 and 4, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Words create worlds. There's power in words. And so, I, I pray what I call declarative prayers. I declare the word over my life. I declare the scripture over my life. And so we're gonna pray some declarative prayers right now in scripture and somebody's gonna latch on to this. This is gonna change somebody's life. Uh, and here we go, Deuteronomy 28, 13. The Lord shall make me the head and not the tail and I shall be above only and not beneath. Uh, can anybody latch on to that? Uh, Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against me is ever going to prosper and every tongue that rises against against me, thou shalt condemn. First John four and four, I am of God. I'm a child of God because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Colossians 1:13. Satan has no power over me. I have been delivered from the power of darkness. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. God has plans to prosper me and to give me a hope and a future. The Lord is great, uh, Psalm 68, 19, and he daily loads me down with benefits. Uh, and oh, I like this one, uh, Deuteronomy 28, uh, I'm blessed uh, in the city, I'm blessed in the country, blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out and the blessings of God have literally overtaken me. Philippians 2 says I don't crumble and I don't complain because I am a child of God. Faith is high in this house right now you need? God's got it. If you need, number one, if you need the Holy Ghost, a renewing of the Holy Ghost, uh, or just to draw closer to God, or if you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, number one. Number two, if you have an emotional need, if there's something that happened to you in your life many years ago or yesterday that you've not been able to get through, get over, or get around. Number three, if you have a relational need, a spouse, a parent, a child, a a, a friend, an associate on the job, a relative. Number four, if you have a physical need in your body, And number five, if you have a financial need, that covers absolutely everything. If you have a spiritual need, if you have an emotional need, a relational need, a physical need, or a financial need, faith is rising high in this place right now. If you have any of those needs, that covers everything. Quickly, very quickly, I want you to excuse yourself. Step out, and I want you to bring that need down here, and I want you to bring it in faith, saying I'm speaking words of faith over my life, over my family, over my situation. In the mighty name of Jesus, press in close. Come close, please, so others can come. That's it. Push in close. The Holy Ghost is here doing a work now raise your hands in an act of surrender to god and say here i am lord i give myself to you i repent of every sin thank you for dying for me on the cross i give my life to you i want you to fill me with the holy spirit listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you'll help others find our free podcast,